0: Acts chapter 13, I'm just gonna read a verse and I won't be long tonight. If you'll pay attention, we'll, we'll get done. And so verse 36, the Bible said, for David, after he served his own generation by the will of God, fell on his sleep, was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. I wanna to preach tonight just a few moments to the young people serving your generation, serving your generation. I guess one of the burdens of my heart as I'm traveling across the land is uh, that our young people in a lot of churches are gone. They're not there. And uh, they get to 18, 19, and then the first thing they wanna do, and thank God, uh, there's a lot of them here, not all of them do this, uh, but a lot of them, they go out into the world. We don't need you to go to the world, we need you uh, uh, to serve God and to be faithful. Amen serving your generation has been said tonight, so I'm not gonna tarry there, but you'll find your place to serve. You know, you don't have to wait, and thank God for you young people that are serving. You don't have to wait till you get older to sing in the choir, to take up offering, or or to be a part, to start tithing, amen. I've known people to teach their children when they're eight and 10 years old, start tithing, it's all right uh, to get involved while you're young, amen. I thank God that I got involved while I was a young person in the house of the Lord, amen. Find your place, you'll find your people. David found his people to serve. You'll find your purpose. The Bible said, David asked them, is there not a cause? I'm telling you, if we ever, ever have needed young people to stand for God. It's the day that we live in. There is a cause. Let me read you the definition. A cause means a person or a thing that gives rise to an action or a condition. Number two, a principle or an aim or a movement because of deep commitment is prepared to defend or advocate. I'm telling you, Brother Andrew, you're going to face more persecution for standing for the Bible and the things of God than I did when I was your age. But I pray to God that you and Noah and these young preachers and these young men and young ladies get it in your heart to stand for God. There's a cause tonight and we need you to stand, amen. The enemy, David said the enemy, they are moving in. The enemy's deception. The enemy tonight, their destruction, the lives that are destroyed, the marriages, the homes because of sin. I'll tell you what bothers me. This, This group of young people that now are in their late 20s and early 30s that grew up in church They say it's all right to drink now. Have you a little bit of wine with your supper? You know what? Liquor, wine, and booze, it's wicked, it's ungodly. There's never a right. You'll never. It's never right to drink liquor. You hear me? You tell them that Bobby Barnes said it's never right to have wine, have booze, have liquor. It's a sin against the Holy God. And I pray you'll get it down inside of your heart. And if you have somebody on your Facebook that posts, a picture with booze. Cut them off. Amen. Don't you be around that garbage. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank God for some young people that have stayed with the stuff. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank God for some young people stayed with the stuff. Hallelujah. Amen. The cause is The enemy's damnation of deceiving and taking people to hell. There's a cause tonight. I want to look at three or four things. Chapter 16 of Samuel. You know what David did? He established some things. But Caleb, he established some things while he was young that helped him to serve his generation. Number one, he learned to commune with God. This is going to be simple tonight. But it's where we're at. It's what we need. You see, (laughs) communing with God is spending time with God. There's gonna have to be a daily, daily devotion in your life. Sister Natalie told me on Monday night, she said, I remember you preaching years ago about reading your Bible every day of your life. And she said, I applied that to my life and God helped me. And guess what her and her husband are doing? They're serving their generation. You've got to have a time with God every day of your life. You've got to get in that book. You've got to put the video games down. And you've got to get in the closet. And you've got to get a hold of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, you'll never serve your generation if you're full of yourself and you never give God any time of your life. I'm telling you, the greatest part of my day is when I get up in the morning and I get in that study and I get a hold of a holy God and I commune with him. Amen. Amen. Nothing like communing with God. Got to be a devotion. You know, there's a lot of, Older people that don't read their Bible every day. Well, I got to work every day. I know that. Get up enough time to spend some time with God. When you come home from work, don't go out and play out in the garage or out in the yard. Go ahead and spend some time with God. Amen. Oh, yes. Devotion. And can I say, he had a delight for God's house. You know where you spend time with God? You spend with God in God's house. You know what David said? He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go. Can I say to you, you, some of you young men, young ladies, you're getting to that that job age. Don't don't go get a job where you got to miss on Sunday. Now, there's older people already got their careers and they're set and they can't help it. But as a young person, you can't help it. It may cost you $2 more an hour, but I'm gonna tell you the dividend will be out of this world if you put God first in your life. Amen. I mean, just go ahead and make up your mind. You're not gonna do it. I worked a second job. I was working at a children's home and I was getting rich. They paid me $150 a month. Amen. And so when I moved to Mississippi, I didn't have anything. And so I was working two jobs. And the second one was at a store. And I like working at stores. I know it's probably impossible today, but I worked at a store that didn't sell liquor. Say amen right there. But anyhow, uh, so I told the man, I said, uh, I will not be here on Wednesday night and I will not be here on Sunday. He said, "Uh, you mean you will not? I said, I mean I will not. Uh, he said, you mean uh, if I, if I, you're not gonna accept it if I need you, if the building's burning down, that's what he said. If the building's on fire, I can't call you on the Sunday. I said, no, absolutely not. I'm gonna be in church, Hallelujah. I said but i tell you what I will do the days you have me here I'll work all the day all the time every moment but I promise you I won't go to I won't miss church for work you know what he said you got a job and I never worked to Wednesday night and I never worked a Sunday because I was determined that God was going to be first in my life and you know what He sure had been good to me. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, have a delight for God's eyes. Can I say number three? David had a desire to worship God. He said three times in Psalms, my soul thirsteth after thee. My my soul thirsteth after thee, O God. I I wonder if you're thirsty tonight for righteousness. Can I tell you what I don't see, Brother Steve I used to see? I used to see more young people, and I thank God for our church. I believe we've got some great young people. But I'm going to tell you, places I go, Brother Gravely, you hardly see young people come and pray. Uh, they're not interested I can remember in the late 70's as a teenager I was coming up uh, you know what the young people were more interested brother Ellis in the things of God there was a thirst there and that thirst is not there tonight I wish to God if God didn't do anything this week that he would create a hunger in your heart uh, for him that there would be a thirst uh, uh, for righteousness and a hunger uh, for the things of God You to ask yourself, or ask God every night, Lord, create within me a desire, to hunger for the things of God, amen. Amen. Oh, if we'd get some young people, that would get thirsty. I can remember as a young person having all night prayer meetings, huh? You see, we got hungry for the things of God. Can I say, not only spending time with God and communing, but trusting God. You know what? David, you know why he was able to whip that old giant? Boy, everybody's heard the story of David Gliath, Goliath a hundred times. But Brother Samuel, it's because he had spent time with God on the backside of the desert with those few little sheep, and he had a relationship with God. And you know What? Brother Roth, he knew that he could trust in God. David if you commune with God brother Noah if you go up there in the energy of yourself you're gonna fall flat on your face but if you walk with God and you'll commune with God I'm telling you God will help you and work through you and build a work for God it'll never be about you it'll never be about me the work of God is not about us it's about him and David had spent time with God and he realized that with God working through him, all things were possible. Brother Chris, you can't do it. I can't do it. But thank God he can do it. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Oh, yes. You know, I thought of this today. You know why? Saul, he had confidence in David. I believe, he really believed David could do the job. That's why he tried to give him his armor. Because nobody in the battlefield would know that that was David inside that armor. Saul just wanted the glory. He didn't want the battle, he just wanted the glory. You know what, if you commune with God, young people, you won't want the glory. When you go to meetings and you see people and they, they, I mean, boy, they push themselves and brag on themselves. I'm telling you, you tell them that Bobby Barnes said they've not been in the closet. But I'm telling you, if you get to communion with God, you realize that God should never use you. You're worthless. And the only good thing about you is he who lives inside of you. I'm telling you, if there's everything, anything, everybody, been done good. It ain't never because of me and because of you but because of him. Amen. Amen. Communing with him. Trusting him. Listen. I wonder how your relationship is with God tonight. Young person, I wonder how how often do you fellowship. Number two, not only communion but I'll tell you why David served a generation, he hung around the right companions. You know that makes a difference? You know who he was in a covenant with? Jonathan. He was, in, he was in communion or fellowship with a man that gave the right influence. Now, can I say this, young people? If you hang around carnal people, guess what you're gonna be? You're going to be Carl. If you hang around that crowd, I don't know if they still do it, but back in the day, they used to run around and ride, ride in circles around the block. I never have understood that. I never did do that. But I've seen young people when I was in Bible college, we'd go downtown on Friday night and we'd preach on the street and they just circle the block. I mean, for three hours. But I'm gonna tell you what, if you'll get in that crowd and you'll listen to their garbage music, that rap, rip, rock and country and all that other garbage, if you listen to that, I'm telling you with them uh, there'll be a day you'll be listening to it by yourself that garbage will influence you you need to drop them uh, like a bad habit and leave that crowd alone because if you get around the wrong companion they will not help you to serve your generation amen can I say contemporary garbage music too <laughs> they call that Christian rock. Isn't that an oxymoron, I'm telling you? Christian rock. Yeah, yeah, more of a moron, that's right. I lost support over one of those churches. They painted their ceilings black and strobe lights, and then they became a praise team. Called me, said, I want you to come. I said, I'm not. <laughs> What do you mean you're not? I said, I preach against that nonsense and I'm not coming. Amen. I forgot how judgmental you independent Baptists are. You know what? I don't care. I don't care. I'm not gonna do that. Young people, don't you do that. Don't you hang around that crowd. That'll do that, amen. I know this is a mission meeting, but I'm telling you, if you're gonna be a missionary to win people to Christ, you're gonna have to serve your generation and you're gonna have to have a life that God can use for his glory. Amen. Oh yes, one that had the right influence, one that has the right kind of inspiration, So what do you mean by that? Jonathan told David, he said, I know one day you're gonna be king. Don't hang around that crowd that sits on their hind end all day and has a can of Pepsi-Cola and eat chips and plays video games eight hours a day. Amen." Amen. Hang around somebody that'll work and do and go and not play games all day long, but thank God have a little bit of grit about them afraid of work. Amen. Do you know in America we've got over a million jobs that nobody wants. Nobody wants to go to work. We've got a government that wants to pay people to stay home. God help a young man or a young lady that'll stay home that has the ability to go get a job. I'm telling you, God will never bless a lazy man. Amen. I was eight years old when I got my first job. Went to the lady where we stayed in the apartments. I said, what will you pay me to take all the garbage down every Wednesday night? She said, I'll pay you $2 a week. I said, I'll do it. Eight years old. You know what? I, I don't understand this crowd today. Restaurants have to close early because they don't have no help. God help us. God, if you're a child of God, if you're a young person and you're able to work and you're just sitting at home, I'm telling you, now I'm not talking about people in college and things like that. I'm talking about people that's just sitting there, has no plans, don't care to do anything. I'm not talking about people going to Bible college. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people in their 20s and they're just sitting around and just hoping that God will meet their need. He will when you get a job, Amen. Hey, 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 thank God I'm glad, hallelujah. When God came a-looking for me, I was already busy. I was working on a bus route. I was singing in a choir. I was taking up the offering. I was going to visitation on Thursday night, bus visitation on Saturday. I was busy in the things of God. I say amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, the right kind of friends that want you to do something. Expect something out of you. Amen. (laughs) Number three, if you're gonna serve your generation, you're gonna have to obey the commandments of your father. First Samuel chapter 17. He was willing to... Respect his dad. But Chris, I have my teeth today, most of them. They've pulled a few down through the years. But my dad told me, if you ever smart off to me or tell me no, I will knock all of them out. And you know what? I believed every bit of that. But I respected him too much to do that anyway. I was 16 years old, but Thomas, I was sitting at the table, and I kind of just just a little smart remark. Wham! He smacked about knocked me off the chair. I mean, he he backhanded me. And you know what it did more than anything? It hurt my heart that I had smarted off to him. About two hours later, I went to him crying and I said, I'm sorry. He said, that's all right, but I had disrespected him. You understand what I'm saying? Some of you, you're smart alecks to your parents. God help you. Need to whip you till the smoke alarm goes off. Amen. You ought to be respectful to your parents. Amen. The reason why that our schools are in a mess and our country's in a mess is because there's no discipline. You're not allowed to whip a child. I'ma tell you God gave him a place to fire it up, Amen. Amen. I got my last whip when I was sixteen years old. My dad still paddled me. Didn't matter how I did something he didn't like and he fired me up. Amen. Thank God that was my last one. Hallelujah. (laughs) Respect. You know, coming from up north, you can forgive me for being a transplanted Yankee, all right, but I've been down south since 1984. Hallelujah. But, you know, they never taught us to really say yes, sir, no, sir, and yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And when I first came down south, man, I I heard that so much. But, you know, people don't even do that anymore. That, that respect has drifted away. I was preaching one time in Mississippi years ago for a school revival, Christian day school. And I said, you better be careful what you say to your mom and dad because you may have a fight with them and tell them you hate them and they may die before you ever tell them you're sorry. And this girl jumped up and started screaming and ran out the door because that's exactly what happened to her. She got up one morning, her and her mother were fussing and she said, I hate you. And that mother had a wreck that day and died and went out into eternity. And that girl never got to tell her she was sorry. You better be careful, amen. Respectful. Number two, he was responsible. He told me in verse 20, he said, hey, you take care of these sheep. I've got to go run an errand for my dad. I'll be back. You take, you know what? He, he was responsible. Be responsible. Be responsible. B, when, when you get orders from your parents, then don't wait till 30 minutes before they get home. Just do it and get it over with. I was about 12, 13. My mother had already died and my dad got remarried. And so we moved to a, sur- a suburb of Cleveland called Brunswick. And uh, so I we went swimming in the public pool, probably... Maybe for like one month. Dad said, you know what? You need to stop that nonsense. Bunch of nudity down there. Of course, today, that don't matter most places anymore. My dad would have never found out if I went, Brother Todd. Never. Now, my stepbrother, he still went because his, his mother didn't care what my dad said. But you know what I did? I never went another day. You know why? Being responsible. That I just did what I was told to do. I wonder how responsible, I, I wonder if, if mom and dad says clean the room, if you wait 10 minutes before they get home before you start throwing everything everywhere. Amen. Being responsible. Mm, got a little quiet right there, but that's all right. I'm a telling you, if, you're gonna to be to serve your generation. There's some things that you're gonna to have to start practicing while you're young that you can get it in your life that thank God you'll make it to serve your generation, amen. That's right. you. Can I tell you, we need you. I love you tonight, and I thank God for you. I really do. People ask me, a lot of churches I go to, they have no young, y'all have young people? At your... Oh, yes. We've got a good group of young people. And, brother Jason, I thank God for that. Amen? But learned some things. Then, lastly, and I'm done, he established some character in his life while he was young. Now, I know David messed up, but we all mess up. But he, he established some things in his life. Wasn't it Bob Jones Sr. that said that a man's not born with character, he's got to develop it? That's what he said. David was a disciplined man. Brother, Brother Caleb, the Bible said he was a cunning player. That word cunning means learned very well. I, I, I can't play anything. And, uh, and, and, but I do know that if you play something very well, there's a lot of practicing going on in that. I had started taking piano lessons when I was probably about 14 or 15. And we didn't have a piano in the house. And the lady said to me, you're gonna waste your time and your money because you'll never learn unless you can play every day. You see, there is discipline. I'm afraid that, you you know, I go to some places and it's amazing to me that they have visitation and the young preachers don't come on visitation. But yet they want to preach when the pastor has someone to fill in. They, They want to be the one but you can't go on visitation. Are you kidding me? Don't ever expect to preach. If there's visitation and you're not working, uh, that you ought to be on visitation. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. There's times that if I don't leave till 12 o'clock, I go on visitation with Bible Baptist Church. Amen. Amen. You know why? Because I'm not gonna preach something to you that I don't practice. You see, I know a fellow told me he had a young preacher in his church that didn't tithe. Now, can you imagine that? What in the world is that fellow gonna expect God's gonna use him when he's robbing God from the start? (laughs) I know this is not a mission message, but I'm gonna tell you something. (laughs) God help us. You young preachers, people are looking to you. You're the example. Amen. And so you're the one that you're gonna have to set an example in front of others uh, and be involved in the services, be involved in visitation. Definitely don't be laying up in the house uh, when they're knocking on doors, Amen. amen. How could you preach on soul winning if you're doing that, amen? He was disciplined. He had, number two, some determination. Verse 18 of 1 Samuel 16 said, that he was a mighty, valiant man. He's a mighty man. You know what we need, fellas? We need men, not sissies. And God is not confused with what he made you. He didn't turn you into a girl. You're a man, so you walk like one, talk like one, and act like one. (laughs) Amen. It really bothers me, and I guess some people can't help it. But when you talk to somebody, a waiter or something, and they go, hello, can I help you? And it's a man, it scares me to death, amen. <laughs> I wanna reach up there and grab his Adam's apple and say, talk like a man, hallelujah, amen. Amen. <laughs> The world wants you as a boy, as a young man, to be intimidated that God made you a man. But don't you be intimidated. God made you a man. He wants you to stand like a man, act like a man, work like a man, walk like a man, and be a man. I'm not bound to anybody and apologizing for what God made me. Amen. I'm going to say this while I'm here. I ain't apologizing for being white either, because that's what God made me. If I was black, I wouldn't apologize for being black, because that's what He would have made me. But He made me a white man, and I'm not sorry for it. And I'm not privileged either. I've worked all my life. Hallelujah. I promise I didn't eat any gunpowder for it came. Amen. He's a mighty man. Number two, he says he's a man of war. We heard the first message. Boy, wasn't that tremendous? But David in his wars. David, he's the one that they, the lady said he's the one who wipes out 10,000. Saul just does thousands. David does 10,000 at a time. He's a mighty man of war. It takes a man, fellas, to live for Jesus in this day. Hayden, anybody on the job can act like everybody else but it's a man that'll stand up and say, fellas, I don't tell dirty jokes like that. Excuse me. You don't rebuke him. You don't jump all over and tell him, you're going to hell. But you just say, excuse me, I don't talk that way. You see, it takes a man, and I've had to do that, and I know other men in here had to do that, and there'll be a day you'll have to do that and say, excuse me, I don't tell dirty jokes. Amen. I I don't want no part of that. It takes a man to take a Bible in his hand uh, and walk with God. Anybody can be a wimp. Amen. Determination. Then thirdly, he was delightful. The Bible said he had a good countenance. He was a a handsome man, if you will. If he lived in our day, brother Josh, he would not have purple hair. One thing the Doc used to say that a light he said, it looked like you cut one side of your hair with a weed eater and the other side with a lawnmower. Amen. <laughs> then they stand in the middle of it and turn it purple. I, I, what is that? David, if he was in our day, wouldn't have a hairdo like that. He wouldn't have his breeches hanging down to the ground. He'd pick him up, put a belt in. He'd take the earrings out and the nose rings out. And he'd do right, walk right, and live right. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about sinners, friend. I want sinners to come. I don't care if they got 17 earrings in. Amen. Matter of fact, I was preaching for a fella, and I said something, that my message that night, I was dealing with sinners. I don't care how they're dressed. I don't care what they look like. I want them to come so we can preach to them. They don't need to get the earring out. They need to get Jesus in the heart. But once you get them in the heart, then you can get them out. Amen. So we went the next day to visit, and that fella didn't listen to a thing I said. We walked, knocked on the man's door, he let us in. He didn't say, sir, sure love you to come to the revival tonight, we'd love to have you. He said, get that stinking earring out of your ear. Two things happened, the man never came and he didn't take the earring out of his ear. And he made me go to hell because that's what that fellow was worried about. So don't misunderstand me, I'm not being unbalanced here tonight, I'm talking to the children of God. Sinners, I want them to come, praise God. Matter of fact, I said it here back in in, in our jubilee. I think it's foolish to have a tent meeting for sinners and then jump on them how they're dressed. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about the people of God. Then lastly, he had discernment. The Bible said he was prudent in matters. You know, you young people tonight, pray about everything that goes on in your life. Brother Isaac, right now at your age, you're old enough to start praying for your future. Lord, what would you have me to do? Who would you have me to marry? What, 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 what is it that you would want me to do? You, you fellas need to be praying, Lord, what, what's the will of God for my life? I, 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 I want to know now. I, I want to begin to pray. Pray for the wife that God has plan for you and set for you. Pray now. Begin to spend time in prayer for that. Don't wait till you're 25 years old. Start praying now. Because I'll be honest with you, we need every one of you. We need every one of you. Brother Lamar will be a day that you won't be able to go into the schools and old body won't let you. Could it be your boy that God would raise up? You see, what I'm saying is we need this generation. David served his generation. I can't win the world. But Samuel, and I can work on serving mine. Let's stand, if you would please, tonight. Oh, young people, would you get thirsty tonight? Would you get thirsty tonight?